All right. Boxing fans around the world, welcome to Talk and Fight, another episode of Friday Night Boxing Panel featuring Mike Orr, Neil Deal, Lou Eisen, myself, Grumpy Graham. And yes, I could go on and on and on about what my friend Eddie Hearn said this week, but I won't unless you ask me to. Yeah, um, please do. Please no, do. No, no, believe me, I've, I've got, I was going to do it on the, the, the news this morning. There were so many peculiar things that he said about peculiar things things and uh anyway things about peculiar things. he 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 just i'm telling you he, you know he reminds me of harold ballard remember how harold, harold ballard had to have the front pages every single day and he commanded his staff to get him on the front page that's what eddie hearn reminds me of quite frankly anyway listen Let's let, talk. I, I, I think you guys want to talk about nate diaz and no 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 i want to talk about this first all right go first shield thurman I, I think that's a case of publicity as well. But anyway, well, I agree. Ridiculous. Am I right? I, actually, I think she'd still kick his ass, but um, she believes. Well, she believes well, she can outbox him. That's, yes, that's her. That's her thing. She believes yes. she can outbox him. Um, you know, Thurman was what WBA, WBC champ, six-time national champ, amateur. Uh, yeah, man. He says he'll do it, but uh, what? He wants her to wear headgear, and he says he's only going to use his jab. <laughs> with with one arm tied behind his back, right? I thought he was. I thought he was fighting someone else, though. Um, anyway, all right. You know, what, you know what this reminds me of? When I was a kid in the early seventies, they had two ten degree black belts fight each other. One was a man who was six four, two fifty. The other was a woman who was five eleven, but one eighty nine, and and both. Both tenth degree, although the last several degrees are honorary things that you do, but they were equally matched skill wise. He beat her in about seventeen seconds. The strength difference was incredible. It, I don't even think it's legal, unless they're married, for a man to I shouldn't say that to fight a woman in in any state uh, north of the Mason Dixon line, certainly. But I I don't think. Uh, that that would be allowed. I mean, this is we've heard these things before, so I I I doubt that. No, you, thought, know, you know, this I actually, one, I actually you know, found an article. I found an article that did a study on this that uh, that I dropped on a on a show that was talking about it, and it said that a man and a woman who who have trained the same, you know, a man throws a hundred and sixty two percent more force. Than a woman went in when punching, and the weakest of the men is still stronger than the strongest woman. Well, I'll tell you what Angelo Dundee told me. He said this on ESPN. My eyes rolled. He said, Anyone over 200 pounds can knock you out, even abroad. So that's not really, you know, politically correct, but it, it depends on the weight. But I think what you just said was, was absolutely bang on. It's just. It, it's a non-fight. It's good for yeah. publicity. Anything that gets boxing in the news, right? But you know, I mean, and you mentioned Eddie Hearn. I mean, it's the last stages of syphilis. He, he, I, I think he's desperate, and uh, he's not well. I think every time he goes to the states, he's taking his life in his hands. You, and, you know what this does remind me of? The one quick last thought. Um, it reminds me of all those naysayers back. Speaking of the seventies. Uh, Billy G. King, uh, a female right. tennis player, 
who was challenged by was it Bobby Riggs? Yep, Riggs and, and Bobby Riggs. And every, everyone said, you know, uh, there's no way she'll she's a girl. There's no way she'll win. And it was the battle of the sexes. And lo and behold, she won. So, you know, for all those naysayers out there who who think that, uh, you know, there's, there's no chance for a woman to beat a man. They only have to look at the battle of the sexes. Right. Anyway, he might. Well, uh, he might, was in he might be. He was in her early 30s. She might be able to box him. But let's be real. If you want to knock her out, he'll put her in the front row. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like he doesn't even have to headshot; he could break her down in the body. Yeah, I know. It's, you right. know what? It'll, it'll be funny to see. I, I just want to know if you went to the dentist today, Mike. No, why? I don't know something about your wording there. All right, Neil, what do you want to talk about? Well, good evening, guys. Neil, Lisa you. here on the Friday Night Panel here at TalkingFight.com. I want to talk a little bit about what you just talked about, but just for a minute. Now, I, okay. I truly believe that there is women out there that can easily compete with the men on any level. I'm not exactly sure which ones and in what divisions, but or which it level. seems to me that recently there's been a lot a lot of uh, great things happening in women's boxing. Uh, I've been talking to a lot of people about it, guys, and there's a lot of hype about women's boxing these days. So Personally, I I'm, I'm, I've never really got into it because it wasn't, as we all know, it wasn't really at its forefront, even when there were like amazing boxers in the in the female uh, boxing community, like like uh, like uh, Brooke, one of our hosts, and like any of her, her hosts. So anyways, like Layla McCarter, these girls are like amazing athletes. And to them, I noticed that it, they really take it more of a sport than men take it more of a gladiator style thing, if you know what I'm saying. A lot I of the women seem to enjoy boxing as a sport. So uh, we got a big fight this weekend uh, talking about, uh, right, Mike? Talking about these kind of, what do they call them? Publicity stunts or something of this sort? Or, uh, Holy or shit. Mickey Mouse Club boxing divisions or whatever you want to call it. Celebr uh, it oh, there you go, Mike. Celebrity um, matches. You know what I mean? Like to me, it's really it, it, it's it's sort of a how do I say kind of a second rate situation. To be honest with you, I'm sorry. I mean, a guy like Nate Diaz is a great fighter. I love him in MMA. He's got more blood and guts than probably any MMA fighter in the history of MMA. Uh, I really like him, but you know, he's he's walking into a into a, a different craft. Um, and you know what? And Jake Paul has been walking into this craft, and I really can't see either one of them doing anything in the in the near future as far as challenging for world titles. I mean, this is Nate Diaz's first uh, first professional fight, and hey, all to him. I'm looking forward to it, to be honest with you. But honestly, this is just like uh, I don't know. It's like going to an amusement park or fun, or it's like Barnum and Bailey Circus or whatever you want to call. It. That's what I feel, anyways. It's still well, I, yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to comment one thing. First of all. Fighting between men and women, gender is irrelevant. It's right. weight class that counts in boxing. Right. And women fighting a lightweight can be can fight another woman. There's no reason for a woman to fight a man. And as I said, it's not legal in any state or any province or in Europe. So, hmm. yeah, there might be some women out there, a lightweight or a welter or, or featherweight, you know, that could that could possibly beat a, a beat a male fighter. We don't know, and we're not going to know because there's no reason to risk the injury. Boxing is just not a feasible thing. I don't think people would want to do that. With regards to Nate Diaz, boxing is a skill, 
that takes years and years to perfect. People, I know you didn't say this, but people will say, well, he's a good, he, you know, he, he, he's a good striker. That's not boxing. He, is, he does have a, he does have a so, great boxing coach, though, in Mark Delagrate, who is one of the best boxing coaches in the UFC. So he does have some. What I've noticed about the him run, a boxer. it doesn't make him a boxer, but he does have that 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 ability to stay, you know, use his distance, use that distance because he's long, and he's been taught. I don't it. know how. Not in well, boxing. It, not against boxing. We'll see. Yeah. It's same. It's the same as when people would argue with me. You have to admit. Conor McGregor has a chance against Mayweather. And I would say, there's no chance. Mayweather has been fighting since he was eight. McGregor can't pick it up in six months. He can't beat a, an undefeated fighter, a, a, a guy who had 300 amateurs <clears throat> and a pedigree. Just can't. Won't happen. I agree, Lou. It's, and it's never happened before. If you have to fight MMA rules, then the MMA guy would win. But anytime a boxer gets in the ring with an MMA guy and it's strictly boxing, the MMA guy has no chance. No. Unless, unless the, the only thing I know of differently is Troy Dorsey, who, who, who was a, a, a junior welter, who was a black belt in karate and then went into boxing and then held the world title for a short time. But he's the only one I know of. Well, look, look at this way. Uh, Jake Paul lost his fight against the boxer, Tom yeah. Fury yet won his fights against MMA fighters with the exception of the NBA player. So yeah. he, he, he's, he's just going back to the well, if you ask me. Yeah, I, I agree. And it reminds me of when I'm old enough to remember in 67, they were going to sign for a fight between Wilt Chamberlain and Muhammad Ali. <laughs> and they, honest. And they, they had a whole promotion. There's a great documentary on HBO now called Goliath on him and they were there to sign and they were going to fight people thought because Chamberlain was 7-1 he beat Ali and they asked Ali do you have anything to say before he signed the contract and all he said was Timber and <laughs> Chamberlain walked out of the room you know yeah. he was said after Angelo Dundee said well you're a nice guy but you could very well lose your life just because you're big doesn't mean you can fight right so the harder, taller they are, the harder they fall. Yeah. Right. It, well, Amanda Serrano's fighting on the undercard, so she's going. Yeah, yeah, good for her. Definitely, definitely want to watch her again. I like seeing yep. her in the ring. Can we yeah. talk a oh, little bit I, about that, Mike. What do you got? What do you got in that fight? What are you thinking with Amanda Serrano? Like, oh, she's gonna crush her. Yeah, I would think so. Oh yeah, this is this is gonna be a crushing. Is this the Heather Hardy fight? Yep. I like Heather Hardy. Yeah, I do too. I, think, I do too. I think Amanda will beat her, but. I just, you know, Hardy, Amanda, she's got that, she's got that swarming, swarming, swarming volume punching style that I really like. You know, she's got that in and out ability. She's got that great sidestep, and you know, she can play those levels really well. And I just love, you know, she's like a shark. You know, she smells that blood, and then it's just in there, and it's just putting those combos together. Hardy's too old. She's forty or something. Yeah, forty-one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying now, Lou. Yes. What, I, I didn't really follow it too close or grammar, guys. When did she start her career? Like at like she, she's what twenty four and through twenty four and two, right? I think she started here. She has four KOs in twenty six fights. Yeah, she's not a power puncher. She's a boxer. She, she, you know, before women's boxing, before Layla Ali, and and um, uh, I just spoke to her, Christy Taylor and Christy Martin. 
Chrissy Martin, Layla yeah, Carter, and all them. Undercards. Yeah. Before that, there was, I mean, there's been women boxing with Barbara Buttrick since the 1940s and 50s, but Heather Hardy was part of this group in the 80s and 90s that always existed that fought in small clubs. It's like when you're driving anywhere in Toronto or Scarborough, Mississauga, you go, oh, look, there's a hockey arena. That probably seats three, 400 people. They would fight in places like that, the hardcore fans. Wow. And then, but Heather That's Hardy crazy. lasted long enough where she held the title for a short time. Plus, she was a good-looking woman, or she is. And so that certainly helped, you know. But Yeah, so, I heard that she's had a lot of fights, Lou. And she's, like you said, she's like a... She's a she's a pretty good fighter. She she yeah. she does take her opponents and her and her record will show. But she's winning these by you know split decision, unanimous decisions, uh, majority decisions, stuff of this sort, right? Yeah, it always when it comes to women's boxing, it always bothered me that Edmonton's Helena Mergenovic, who's been a world champion several times, is one of the greatest female boxers or boxers ever to have lived, and very few people in her own country and in Canada here know about her, and. You know, he could whoop all of these women. But uh, I think Hardy and, and Serrano are fighting at a higher weight than Helena who's featherweight. But I think I, I think um, Serrano will definitely beat her. Yeah. I, think she I think she trains out of uh, Las Vegas, though, not Edmonton. Right. Oh, oh Helena. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on that front, uh, and speaking of Eddie Hearn, did you see that he's, he signed uh, the Taylor and Chantel Cameron rematch? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. That was big news this week from Eddie Hearn. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, like nothing else to add to that, Graham. There's no more Eddie Hearn news this week. Come oh, on, there's, there's lots more. As this, as, as, this episode, as this episode rolls along, you, you'll you'll see what Eddie Hearn has to say about everything. Oh yeah, and I'm sure you'll have something to say about it. All right. That's awesome. Do, do we have any uh, other other than the Jake Paul? Like when I was looking at Box Rack, I noticed that there are again. A ton of fights going on around the world. Uh, were, were, were there any that uh, we, we're going to zoom in on, Mike? The, the Patrick McRoy and uh, Woodall fight card, August fourth, two p.m. Eastern time. Uh, you guys know about this one at all? No. Nope. No. That's why we have you on the panel. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Nice August fourth. That's a good thing. Has Mike uh, yeah. black? I know it goes. I don't know, man. What's going on with it? Yeah, man, this one's at Falls Park, Belfast. Uh, you know, Patrick McRoy, unbeaten, squares off against Steve Woodall. Uh, this card's going to be great, man. McRoy, Woodall match. Uh, this one goes live at 2 p.m. Um, both seen a record of 17 wins, no losses. He made his, uh, you know, successful debut in 2017 and has been on a roll ever since. Uh, his latest achievement was uh, the win over Diego Ramirez in a 10-round match uh, this May. And then Woodall, on the other hand, has an impressive 18 wins under his belt and hasn't uh, tasted defeat since 2015. Oh, Patrick McCrory. Mc... <clears throat> no relation yeah. to Milton McCrory, I guess, the black fighter from Kronk. Mm. Uh, Lewis Crocker's on that fight, too. Is anyone going to talk hey, about... Just speaking, just speaking of Car Crawford, guys, I just had a quick question. Uh, I'm just curious what you guys would think if, uh, and I, I mentioned it on my show last week, and a few people brought some comments to me, and I was I was pretty, you know, I was happy about it. But what do you guys think? If Mayweather and Crawford were to fight right now in their primes, just a quick question, who do you think would win that fight? Crawford. Really? I got Crawford. Yeah, that's what I just said. Yep, I got Crawford too. What do you think, Luke? I I would put my money on 
Crawford, but you know, uh, you never know. You never know. I know. Mayweather's not a likable person, but that's mostly an act. He was a a great fighter, but Crawford could have been, I think Crawford would have been a world champion in any era. And last week um, was a tremendous beat down of Spence. It wasn't remotely close. And I just wanted to say what surprised me after with a number of comments, people said, well, you know, they, they, they should do the rematch. And I thought a a knockout's definitive. If it's, if it's, if it's a controversial decision or split decision, you have a rematch. I could see Crawford having a rematch because yeah, I want to make another 30 or 40 million. 40 million bucks. Sure. Why not? Spence said, well, I want to go up to 154. Uh Uh-uh. Crawford, it's Crawford's belt. It's his category. People said the Hagler. You know, you should go up. You go up to light heavy. No reason to. I'm the best middleweight on earth. So, right. I, I think, I, I think Spence. I I promoted a fight with Lennox Lewis. That's one of his fights here against Chris Van Reardon. And I have seen Crawford diminish speech wise. He's taken a lot of punishment. Huh. And I I think if he goes up to to junior junior middle 154, I think Tim Zoo could end him. Not just his career, but his life. And I think you're talking about Spence moving up, right? I don't think, there's, and, right. and I think if there's a rematch, uh, it has to be at the weight Crawford wants because he he won, and I just don't see anyone beating him. And when you, I saw the press conference the night before, and Crawford said, "You're a great fighter, you're a good person, and I like you, but I'm really going to beat yeah. the crap out of you. You don't know what you're in for." Yeah, and he was no, right. It's he obvious yeah, that 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 boat has sailed right there. If yeah. he decides to go to that, that's going to be the end of him. So he's got yeah. to figure something out, guaranteed, because Crawford is way ahead of the curve compared and, to Spence. And I think Crawford got better advice. After the first round, Crawford's trainer, Bo Mack, Brian Mack, he had a great line. He said he said to him, watch. He said, when Spence comes forward, he's reaching. He's leaning in. His head's over, in, like, yeah, yeah. His head's over his front foot. He's off balance. Slip the shot and then hit him with the right hand, counter. And that's, that's what right. did. And, that's and I what mentioned did. that on my show, Lou, about yeah. how I was paying attention to what was being said in the corners of both fighters at, at, during the fight. Right. And Crawford's corner was as smooth as silk, and he followed every instruction that his trainer told him. And Spence, because he was so concussed, he, fighters only can pick up so much in the corner anyways. Oh, he was dizzy as hell. He was just knocked out a couple of times. He's never been knocked down. He couldn't. Want, he didn't know what was happening. No, he, he was concussed. He wasn't taking it in. And also I noticed in the second, I think second or third round, he hit Crawford a counter right hand, a hard right hand. And, and nothing. Crawford, didn't, Crawford even, didn't even blink. He didn't blink. He sort of smiled and, and his head didn't move at all. Yeah, and you hit the guy with your hardest shot and he laughs at you you're in deep, and you're already losing bad? Yeah, that's when they say, you know, when that happens, if you can't take him out, you got to know how to box and win on skill. And Crawford was the more skilled man. Definitely. Oh man, his uh, his his game plan, as we talk about, you know, all of us here there, that game plan was perfect. Like I I was really surprised that it was that perfect. To be honest with you, Me too. he was a tactical technician that that I haven't seen and I can't even remember. To be honest with you, he slipped everything, moved exactly the right direction every time. I don't. Spence didn't even have a hope in heck. I'm telling no, you, he tried, but. Crawford was just counterpunching like it was out of control. I wish I wish Tim was here because Tim said it'll all be easy if he, if Crawford fights Southpaw, but it wasn't easy. 
because for Crawford as a southpaw, he kept moving to his own left away from, from Spence's left hand, where right. Spence would move to his right, right, right into Crawford's yeah. left hand, and Crawford would fake it right. and throw the right hand. Yeah. And so I would say to yeah. Tim, you Tim was doubling up with shots that were, yeah. No one wants to fight a southpaw, even other southpaws. And Crawford used that perfectly to just beat the hell out of him. It was let's, let's say Crawford is also the best what switch hitter in the game right now. Yeah. Yeah, oh for sure. Tim, yeah. Tim. So, anyways, guys, let's move forward with the week's news, I guess. Graham, what do we got else on the skid? Oh, look who it is. Champ. The champ is here. Yo, I was trying to get on for 20 minutes. Were you? Yeah, I was on the I was on a laptop. I was watching listening to y'all talk minute. All right. Oh, we, we've given you some time to warm up and uh well, let, I see you those, talking. Let's hear those oh. thoughts then, Tim. Let's hear those thoughts. Thoughts of the uh, fight? Spence Crawford. Spence Crawford. Yeah, um uh, um what's his name? God, I just um well the defense. The defense, um what's the light heavy thinking about from Florida? Um South Paul. No. Oh, Michael Moore. No. The dark inflicted. Uh, he was late. He fought Roy Jones. I just had him. He fought Roy Jones, tall, lanky. Uh, oh, Tarver. Tarver. Huh? Tarver. Tarver. I'm sorry. Because I'm rushing to do everything else. I'm, I forgot him. He, he said on the internet, the same thing I've been saying for the last year and two, whatever. He said the defense was lousy. The fights wasn't really, really. I'm talking about um, um, the Spence and Crawford fight. Um, there really wasn't no real talent, no Sugar Ray Leonard and all that, and no Tommy Hearns or or stuff like that. So, um, and there's a couple other people were saying that, but we, I wasn't criticizing. We were. Oh, I'm sure he wasn't. It just. That's exactly what it was, you know. I did. Um, I you didn't Crawford, see the slip. Crawford showed incredible talent defensively and offensively. Couldn't get hit, and when he had oh, I respect your, I, res I respect your, um, your opinion. Um, but I was heavyweight champion of the world two times, uh, well, five times really. I'm not saying I'm better than you. I respect everything you're saying. I, I, I you know, if you could respect me a little bit and maybe just a little bit of my opinion. I mean, and I was really good at defense. That's mainly really what kept me in the um, kept me in there not getting really hit with. Good shot. So I respect what you're saying, but what about me? I had five titles, and I've been in a ring with some of the best. Yeah, but go Tim, ahead, Tim. I can disagree. I have tremendous respect and affection for you, but you can disagree, and I respect no. that. I still love you, brother. I still love you. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I can. I and what it's like to be in the ring. I and no one else will have your knowledge, obviously. I, but I can. I can disagree. And still, and and still, obviously, have tremendous respect and affection for you. Okay. Also, Antonio Tarver, like yourself, I just wanted to say, is one of the single kindest, most generous people I've ever met in my entire life. Oh, thank you. Well, with him, he I met him uh, a couple of times. He he's really cool too. I I respect that, and I respect everybody has an opinion, and you have to respect that. But I actually got in the ring uh, with some of the best. 
Um, I taught, I was taught by one of the best trainers, and I'm only telling you what I think. Not what I'm not guessing or anything, because um, I've been there and I've done it before. Um, and 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 I was around. I'm blessed to be around some of the best, some of the best middleweights. I was young, watching light heavyweights, watching all the good old time trainers, seeing their stuff. And so the reason why I made that statement, I love them brothers, but I felt bad that they couldn't perform the stuff that I used to see when I was coming up in the amateur. That's what got me then boxing fast. I only had seven amateur fights. I lost two, but I won five. Then two, three, two and a half years later, I'm fighting one of the greatest heavyweight champs uh, um, in boxing, Larry Holmes, just two and a half years later. I just started boxing, you know, so I, I was, I'm blessed just to be around. I'm not saying I know everything, but I was around some of the best. I see Marvin Hagler fly in and spar with uh, Willie the Worm Monroe. I seen, I spar with Matthew Saab Muhammad, Eddie Mustafa Muhammad. I was Ali's sparring partner. And I just, I just feel that, you know, that that little bit of my opinion should have some credit to it. That these guys needed to get taught better. And so a lot of these trainers today, they're getting paid really good for not giving the best knowledge they can possibly give to some of these boxers. I really was not embarrassed, but I was, I wasn't surprised because I knew a lot of um of uh, boxers do need help. Some of them make it, and some of them without defense, they make it. They they brain day, or they hurt. They're hurting their brain. So, um, I'm blessed just to be around. Um, just to be coming up. With, oh, come on, man! Ali sparring partner, watching all these people fighting, argue, watching the boxers, and, and learning all this stuff. This young South Philadelphia, the Italian market. I'm blessed. I'm not mad at you or nobody. And I'm really enjoying what, what's going on now. And I'm glad I had the trainer that I had, you know. And I could really read this. I see something, I say, oh, man, he should be doing this. But everybody has an opinion. Mm -hmm. And it right. should be respected. I'm respected. I knew Angelo from since I was 13. Tim. Tim. Angelo Tim. brought Jose Napoli. Hello. Hi. Tim, you're you're getting a little glitchy. You want to put your phone down on something? Okay, straight? I'm back. So it doesn't move. Yeah. I was gonna say. Okay, you want me to just hold I it like this? I, like this is. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. this keep, good? Try, try, keep, yeah, try and keep it sturdy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I was Perfect. just gonna say. I, I remember when I met Angelo for the first time. Angelo, then the Maple Leaf Gardens when he brought Jose Napoli's against Clyde Gray for the welterweight title, and Napoli's was special to watch. Napoli's was extreme. They call him Mantequila, smooth as butter. He was extreme. I heard of him. I heard of him. And he was very hard to hit with a good shot. And during the fight, George Chivalo, who was the stable mate of Clyde Gray, said, "You gotta, you gotta hurry up. You gotta, you gotta pick it up and go after him." And Clyde said, "I'm trying to hit him. <laughs> you know, I'm doing my best. It's just not <laughs> hit him. He's, I mean, Napoli's was a foot from him, but slipping all these shots." It was incredible to watch. I thought Crawford showed showed uh, great skill, but I think Spence, you know, I, I, as we were just saying before you came on, I think Crawford got better advice when Bomax said Spence is leaning in, slip it, move to your right, and then catch him with a counter right. And I just thought Crawford was the smarter fighter. I also appreciated Spence after saying the better man won. Because very rarely in any sporting event do you have somebody be that gracious. I just hope Spence isn't 
actually physically permanently damaged. You know, but I mean, the, you know, Tim, there's stories of Jack Johnson when he retired going into gyms all over North America, having the top fighter in each gym stand a foot from him. His arms were by his side and they would throw punches and they couldn't land on him. And he, he could evade them just by slipping them with his shoulders and moving around. I mean, that's that's talent you'll never see again. There's well, actually, I've been well, watching this. Let me, let me, let me. That, uh, that 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 I see well, well, some well, Instagram reels and stuff for the kids that are doing that now. They're getting in there, and a lot of the sparring sessions are are actually them just slipping punches. Like they're they're really there's some up and comers that are you know learning this defense game just like you spit Tim, you know getting in there and doing rounds of no throwing, just keeping their hands at the side and just trying to evade the whole time, just using yeah. their defense. Right. It's nice to see. I didn't nice see that see yet. Uh, I didn't see that yet. I didn't see send, that I'll yet. Send, I've been over, looking. I'll send I'm it over to you, Tim. Oh, that's where are they from? Where are they from? Where are they from? They're all over the states. All these kids all over the states right now. They're learning defense. That'd be now. nice. They're being taught. Well, right? well, there's, yeah, we, we okay, want, there's we a want, deep. We want some retired champions, you know, like you that can still hold the conversation. I'll be happy right. to see that. I haven't seen I haven't seen it yet. Now let me let me say real quick and then we can go back that. Now I know everybody giving certain uh, trainers um, a lot of credit, um, and they get credit from. And I, listen, you said something about I love him. I love him. There's a lot of guys that's in the corner, right? And they're big because of the boxer's name. I love Angelo. We're from the same town. We're from the same town, South Philly. Um, and I talked to him. He loved me. He spoke highly of me when. Um, when I fought Larry Holmes and every fight, cause he knew I was from, we from the same little area in South Philadelphia. Not well, he's about 10 minutes away, but, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is that he never fought, but Ali wanted him around and loved, Ali loved him and stuff. And he never fought. There's other people like that that's getting a lot of credit that they really yeah. haven't fight, but he motivated you Ali. Before. You said that, Say that again. I've said, you've mentioned that on previous shows, but when he fought Liston the first time and the second time, it was Angelo who noticed on the tape, and he'd seen all of Liston's fights, that when Liston threw his left jab, he was off balance. And that was the reason why he said, if you look at the fight, that was the reason why he told Ali to move to his right and then throw a counter right hand. That was that was typical Angelo. But 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 you know you just said you you said something about from Angelo. Wait a minute, you said something about he noticed his feet. Say that again. Say that again. Listen, when he threw his left hook, his head was out over his front foot. Not his left hook. My mistake. His left jab. That puts Listen effectively off balance. So he said to Muhammad, "Move to your right. Pop him with the right hand." Also. That was in the second fight. And in the second fight, if you notice, in the first five seconds of that opening round, he does the same maneuver he does two minutes later, the knock listing out. He almost dropped him in the first five. In the first fight, he would say to him, when you go to the center of the ring, stand up tall, use your jab. It was Angelo who cleared his eyes and told him what to do and said that Liston's older than baseball. You know, you got to slip, you got to move, you got to use your mobility and start jabbing him. He told them what to do, and he gave them the game plan by Muhammad's own omission. And he added a lot to what Muhammad could do. 
But the thing about Muhammad is you know better than anyone, you couldn't tell him what to do. So <laughs> Angelo would never tell well, him. Well, that's what I'm getting that's what I was gonna say. He didn't listen to nobody. He didn't listen to anybody. You just now spoke for me. I was gonna say that he didn't really listen to them. You saying right. that and now you know I'm not even gonna go far with this because I love Angelo. I love right, him, and I'm gonna give him that respect. But the fact, the facts was the facts. Right, I love Angelo. Angelo, was, Angelo said what he did with Muhammad was, if you wanted to throw the jab more, do something more, he would compliment him, and then Muhammad would do it. Because he said fighters, every fighter is different. Some you can talk to and say, hey, do this, and others you can't. They're just not going to. And Ali was an artist, so you know it's. It, I mean, boxing is an improvisational sport in a lot of sense. Well, hey, guys. Uh, how are you doing tonight, Tim? Nice to see you there, Tim. <laughs> hey, to Carl, nice to see you, too. Nice to see you, too. I got a quick question about Angelo Dundee. I've, I, and I've really been, like, how did he actually get into the fight game as a child, his parents? No. That, how did he, that, got into no. The fight, he got into the fight game through his brother, Chris. He really got into it. He was close to his brother Jimmy during the Second World War. He, he, Chris he knew more there. than him, I think. Chris knew more than him, I think. Chris knew more than anyone. Chris was around in the 1500s. I mean, <laughs> Chris, Chris knew every heavyweight champion from John L. Sullivan, although we never saw him fight, to Mike Tyson. So, what happened was Angelo worked corners in England during the war when he was an aircraft technician. Comes back to New York. And his brother, he works for Chris. He sleeps in Chris's office. This is 46, 47. Chris is promoting the whole time. And Chris was out of the house by the time he was 13, 14. So there's a 15-year age difference. Angelo was a spit bucket guy who would go to Stillman's gym and he'd work, he'd work with guys uh, like Ray Arcel, you know, who trained a lot of great fighters. Uh, he'd work with guys. Uh, like Eddie Fuchs, who was a friend of Joe Lewis's, uh, Charlie Goldman, who trained who trained um, Marciano, and he was a spit boy, and he, and Chicky Ferreira, feel it, you know Dan Florio, who trained Jersey Joe. So he worked with all these guys. They all gave him different knowledge. They told him how to wrap hands. They taught him. They he watched them train fighters, and they passed that art on to him. So wow. later on, I heard that I heard that Drew Brandini was a played the big. I was with them. He played a really big part in Ali winning. A lot of his winning, his motivation. Um, um, That's not what I. And I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Somebody said they used to hear Ali get mad at Angelo and just say, "Hey, man, you don't know nothing. Step back." I'm saying this for the first time. I love Angelo. Um, but who motivated him was Angelo. I mean, was uh Drew Bundini. Come yeah, on, champ. I, I don't, you know everybody knows Drew. Now let's give you can give the credit to who you want. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to say, hey man, that's true because you know. But listen, you Drew Bundini was the man. Drew Bundini was the man in there pushing him, screaming, uh, um, no, you know, and all that. And everybody in the world know. Drew Bundini was the man who pushed Ali. Now, get, try to, to find something. Just let me finish. Let's um, try to find uh, a way we can get somebody that, uh, that like, you know, Angelo Dundee. Find out who really was the motivator and stuff like that. Because I love both of them. And, and Drew Bundini was really pushing him. Whatever he did, 
he moved. But but Dundee did push him, but not as much as and uh, you got to talk about du Drew Bundini now. He was I the know. man. Drew Bundini didn't know how to wrap hands. He didn't know how to wrap a fighter's hands. He knew nothing about boxing. And he came from... Well, neither did Angelo. Neither did Angelo. Neither did Angelo. Since the 40s. I mean, Angelo wrapped <laughs> hands. I saw him wrap hands when he was here in the 70s. Angelo's wrapped okay. hands time. Drew Bundini, if you ask, if you ask any other buddy, if you ask Ray or Zell, Eddie Fudge, anyone, great guy. And 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 heart and soul, he, he made he 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 made Muhammad relax. Angelo loved him. He said he relaxes Muhammad. That's extremely important. And he and motivated him. He motivated him. And, motivated and, him. Him. and, and if, if Ali was behind, he heard Drew Bundini's mouth, and that's and that motivated him. When we was working out, when I was his sparring partner, Drew Bundini mouth, you hear it everywhere. Come on, champion. Come on. He was motivating everybody. Angelo, as a matter of fact, Angelo wasn't at the camp. <laughs> he just came in at the fight. See, Drew, Drew Bundini was there. And who was his name? Who was the trainer's name? Um, Forgot his name. The other trainer, the older guy, is Drew Bundini. Then another, ah, oh, keep forgetting. Harry, Harry White. No, no. Louis Steria. No, it was a Muslim brother. He was Muslim. What's his name? Muhammad. Wali. Wali. Was it Wali? Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, Wali. He was, he was a trainer. Was, he was, yeah, was he the one that used to wear the white coat? He had the like the bald spot on the top. No, you think Wali Muhammad? Wali Muhammad. Yeah, that's who it was. Wali was in his corner. Well, That's he it. wasn't a trainer, though. He was the guy who held the stopwatch. No, I didn't say he was a trainer. I didn't say he was he a trainer because Ali didn't. Ali really didn't listen to nobody. Right. A lot of fighters no. don't listen. That's what one thing Buddy McGirt told me when I asked about one of the fighters. He said you can <laughs> say what you want. But most of them don't listen. But in the early years, Angelo was a big part, and Muhammad admitted this for the reason okay. of Muhammad's success for a lot of his fights. And okay. That, you know, but Bandini. When he first came to camp, said I trained Ray Robinson, and Angelo said that's funny because I'm friends with Harry Wiley. I'm having lunch. I'll say hi for you. And Bundini went, uh oh. And Bundini, you know, Bundini was a shaman, is uh, for Ray Robinson. He served the purpose because fighters have to relax and be amused and take their mind off what's coming on, you know. And you could hear Bundini's voice over the whole crowd. And when Foreman and other people, as you know, tried all these other people tried to intimidate Muhammad. Bundini stood up for him, you know, so you have to give him credit for that. But his knowledge of boxing, per se, according to Eddie Futch, was practically nil. So that's not me. I never met him. I'm, I'm well, telling you what Eddie uh, I know I'm, I'm not going to stay long. I'm not going to stay that long, but I've been talking to a lot of people, um, and I've been getting something a little bit different than that. Um, but go, let's move on. Let's move forward. You know, I've been getting oh, something oh, different guys, than that. Guys, I was there. The I was there with those people you're talking about. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. August 4th, 9 p.m., guys. Don't forget that's tonight. White Garcia, um, uh, White 14 1, Garcia 17 0. This one's going to be uh, a triple header show box. I'm loving these show box triple headers. Uh, this one is supporting. A collective remarkable record of 75 2 and 2 with 49 KOs. Yeah, so we got uh, we got some we got some big winners on this card tonight. Guys, this one starts at 9 p.m. Make sure you get in there and watch it. Uh Friday night boxing, man. 
But what do you what are your thoughts on the on, on Showbox and, and the new generation and what they're doing? And and you know, are, are you guys up to it? Like, are you watching? Are you keeping up to date with all the Showbox, the next generation yeah. of boxers? It's the only one going. There's no more HBO. It's the only one promoting young boxers regularly. That's it. Yeah, yeah. This one's big tonight, though. Yeah. That's a that's a great collective record for a triple header. Seventy-five. Who's fighting? Two two. Who's fighting again? Who's fighting again? Uh, White. Uh, it's White and Garcia. Uh, White. He's fourteen and one with ten KOs uh, against undefeated former Navy serviceman Erdison uh, er Garcia, who's seventeen and zero with eleven KOs. Uh, and that's with network. With network. With network. Showtime. That the Showtime. Showtime. Showtime gets underway. Oh, I don't got Showtime. Showtime nice been killing it, guys. Always a nice showtime. I don't got Showtime. I don't have Showtime. Um, we can we can always go to that uh, that website that we use. <laughs> hey, just send it to me. I would yeah. like to. If you, okay. Yeah, we can definitely check that out. But uh, yeah, man, I'm 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 loving this. You know, they're they're doing well for these young guys. Really bringing them up. You know, that's what my whole show Knuckle Up was about, which is coming back, guys. So wait for it. You know, I just have to revamp it. You know, there is what like 700 episodes of it already, of all these up and comers that I've been talking about for the last few years. Now these guys are all being signed. You know, they're headlining these pay-per-view events. Some of these guys, like, you know, my eye tests are pretty good. So just be on the lookout for the show to drop soon. I'll be bringing you speak, more speak, speaking of speaking of up and comers. You know whose birthday it is today. Whose birthday would it be? Jerry Cooney. Whoa! <laughs> Irish, we were just, Irish. He yeah, turned sixty. We were just talking about him. Irish and Jerry Cooney. How old did he turn? He turned sixty-seven. How old today. was he? Sixty-seven today. Wow! We were just talking about him two hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, when he I had, used to spar with him. When I used to spar with him. He had a great was fight from against Newfoundland. His parents came from Newfoundland. To Long Island. Really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. I, wow. They came from where? Newfoundland. Exactly. <laughs> well, well, we Newfoundland. Newfoundland. Newfoundland is on Canada's east coast, and it's, it's all the drunken Irish guys who couldn't make the swim back after the potato famine. <laughs> so it's oh, somebody. That's a fight. That's a fight. Yeah, I, I got a funny story about Jerry Cooney for you. A late friend of mine, a comedian named Mike McDonald from Ottawa. Ah, I know Mike McDonald. Uh, Mike McDonald was very funny. And passed Where's away. Piece, Mike? Well, Mike passed away several years ago, but years ago he was in Long Island and he was playing a comedy club that was owned by Jerry Cooney. And he was on stage and Jerry Is that Cooney club was 54? in the Pardon me? Was that Club 54? No. Oh. And this was out in Long Island, and he said to Cooney, uh, let me see the bottom of your shoes. I'll recognize you better. So he would make comments like that. He was kidding. <laughs> he was just kidding. But after the show, he walks off stage, and two of the security guards grab him by the armpits and say, you have to come with us. And, and Mike is terrified. Like, he literally is wetting himself. And he's going, uh-oh. And he said, the comments about Mr. Cooney aren't really much appreciated. And he, they bring him into the room, and Mike's like, you know, involuntarily shaking. And Cooney stands up and he's a big guy. And he looks at him and said, you think it's funny that I boxed and that I got knocked out? And Mike said, no, no, I'm, I'm so sorry. And, and Jerry says, I thought it was hysterical. Great show. And shakes his hand. And I, said, I like that. I like that. And Mike just about practically fainted. 
yeah. That was really cool. That was really cool. Because you know, no violence. Yeah, Cooney's a great guy, and and oh, yeah. you know, great fighter. Just I, you know, he just didn't. I, who knows why he didn't live up to his potential? You know, maybe it's because he didn't sign with Don King. Wow, <laughs> I would have robbed him of his potential. Yeah, well, you know. He might not have made any money, but he would have got I was his farm partner. I fought Larry Holmes. He fought Larry Holmes. I, Holmes, I was I sparred with him for about two weeks. Uh, it was a great experience. I was young. I was young and um, up and coming. And it was a great experience. I'm not complaining about nothing, really. I'm, You know, it is really cool. Never expected that. And be in the presence of Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier. Ain't that something? I ain't gonna argue, man. I'm serious. I love everybody. Sugar Ray Leonard, Sugar Ray Robinson, Sugar Ray like Joe Lewis. All the, I had a chance to just to sit next to them. That's cool. <laughs> yep. Yes, it is. Go ahead. Go ahead. That is amazing. Guys, guys, Tuesday, Tuesday, if you didn't get it, get a chance to check it out, uh, Brooke had Christy Martin on for an interview. Yeah. Oh, Christy Martin. Okay. Christy Martin. Yeah, she was. Uh, Christy was Martin. Two, yeah, it was about about two hours long. It was great. Uh, yeah, she had some great things to say. Definitely oh, that's too out. long. Great show. Great show. Yeah, it was great. It was great. She, uh, you know, she talked about you know, she talked about everything. I met her a couple of times at the hot boxing. I was playing nice person. The last fight she had though, which would have been a record breaking fight, they stopped it because she hurt her hand. Shania, give me some they ice. They should have let her go. They yeah. should have let her go on and finish it. Yeah. Oh, she she was saying how so, she dropped Clarissa Shields today if she didn't have a stroke. Uh, uh that's gonna be hard. That, that's gonna <laughs> Yo, be hard. She, she has some things to say. She has some things to say. It was pretty good. That's pretty good. That's if she, if, yo, girl, give me the thing. <laughs> girl, I'm not getting this tonight. Give me the ice. She's going to bring me a cup with ice that she used in it. What? I'm sorry, guys. Yo, yeah, she, had she had it in the freezer. She had it in the freezer. And I said, no used ice. Cup. No used ice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, come on, let's get back with the show. Yeah. Yep. Hey, uh, hey, a little bit quick Tim, about these. Tim, yep. Tim, what are your thoughts on the Jake, on Jake Paul? Oh, Jake Paul, look, man, that. What they doing? Hey, here, should I take this? You sickening. You sickening, girl. Just take that. No, the Jake Paul, Jake Paul, I didn't even know nothing about it. Go ahead, Shania. Thank you. I'm just saying, it's just, it's amusement. If you buy the fight, enjoy it that's all i got to say there's, there's no really no champion uh and all that type of thing so it's just amusement and um I, I, if i had it on tv i would watch it probably but to you buy know, it i probably wouldn't i gotta say mvp though uh his promotional company they're they're signing they're signing some good fighters and uh you know they're trying to do well you know what do they got now they got uh Shadija green ashton sylvie amanda serrano amanda okay. serrano the, the new guy is Javon Walton or something. Yeah, and then the new kid, yeah. But he's uh, like 17 years old. Yeah, man. Oh uh, God, this is professional boxing. Yeah, he's signing pre signing pro boxers, but these you know these kids got some you know they got some talent. They 17 years old. He was well, yeah. some act. He's got some acting talent apparently. Well, how many <laughs> how many amateur fights did he have? That's a good question. 
Yeah, I know. I know. Ashton Sylvie is a is a highly decorated amateur, and he's undefeated now. He was, I think, well, he was the second signing. Nine and zero, Mike. Nine and zero. You know, it's okay, that's, that's good. This reminds me of five, ten years ago when they had celebrity boxing and they had Brady Bunch peep actors fighting oh. fighting people from the Partridge family. Uh, <laughs> and I agree with Tim. Danny Bonaduce. Yes, yes. Jake Paul's you know, Danny Bonaduce like actually donned the glove. Yeah, he did. And then afterwards, chugged a Mickey of Vodka. What? Yeah. I miss Danny Bonaduce. He was high on yep. Jake Paul is, and those guys are just an amusement, as Tim said. They're not. You can't confuse yeah. it with real boxing. If but you know, I did see him. I did see him with a nice little. I like his nice little style there. But if somebody right, right get in front of him, he'd be in trouble. But I did like his little what he trying to do. He trying to do it, but what they doing is they hurting boxing a little bit. And and they make to me it's just a, like a when they talked about it, I was like, oh, oh, here we go See, again. A lot, of, a, a lot of people are torn though, man, because you know you got you got people like Mike Tyson are saying he likes what he's doing because he's you know the sport was dying and he's bringing a whole new fan base and he's popularizing it again. Yeah. But then you got guys that are like the purists that are like, well, yeah, he's bringing a new fan base to the sport, but it's not the right fan base. It's not, it's right. matter who, doesn't matter if he starts from the bottom and go to the top, he'll get respected more. But he jumped to the top because he's a celebrity and he has money, and that's hurting the guys that work hard. So I'm yeah, I'm right. down with the with I'm down with the with the uh I'm down with the guys I'm down with the guys that that's that started from the bottom to the top. I'm to the very I, end. I the union. I'm the young with the union. Right, and I, I, my, I agree with Tim. I think, I think if Jake Paul's popularity translates into these younger fighters who put the time in in the amateurs and in the pros, that's great. But if they're just casual fans that want to watch this, who cares? Right. It doesn't do anything for the sport itself. The other thing I wanted to mention was one thing that concerned me. One of the undercard fights last week was Isaac Pitbull Cruz. Love him. Against me too, against Giovanni Cabrera. Yeah, big I, fight. I was watching that fight, and about the sixth or seventh round, on Cabrera during each round and in the corners is blinking furiously. Yeah, which, which is indicative of a brain injury. Yeah, and he was taking phenomenal head shots. Oh, and I was thinking, you know, Freddie. I Rose thought that too. Yeah, Freddie Rose should have should have stopped that. And I understand he was having oh big time in the hospital, but Cabrera is experiencing some difficulty this week. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Oh, know, absolutely. After that, yeah. For Freddie, I saw something like that. Freddie, 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 Freddie's uh, ability to to maybe stop fights uh, or whatever are not there because he's damaged a little bit too. So, um, no, that's the truth. I always was mentioned about right. Freddie Freddie Roach being pushed up by a certain amount of people in the boxing industry. Um, uh, you know, you know what I'm saying. So I think that if he needed to get this fight to get stopped, uh, Freddie should have been in more con uh, a condition to to you know to make the decision to stop it. Uh, right. I would probably stop it or I've noticed certain things. Honestly, yeah, I've against, against somebody like Cruz, like Pitbull Cruz. You know, he's one of those guys that's uh, a head down, come forward, you know, massive, massive puncher. He he tries to throw everything he's got into every shot. Yeah. And the guy just does not have an 
uh, an empty on his gas tank. He can no, go. That's not the guy that Ford Tank Williams, is it? Tanks, I'm um, yeah. Tank. Yes. Is it? Yes. Whoa. And okay, that's who I thought it was. Okay. Yeah. Tua, Mike, I think he reminds me of a miniature version of, of David uh, of David Tua. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. David punch hard. I don't want to fight that dude. Yeah. David Deadpool. <laughs> and so Ooh. what Tim said, Freddie's got an assistant there with him. He's mm -hmm. the co-trainer. But the the announcers, even even Cruz's corner was looking like, what are you doing? Your guy's taking serious head punishment yeah. without firing back. This should be stopped. Oh, yeah. Well, the other thing, too, guys, that I noticed in that fight, the Cruz fight, was that Cabrera had no – Tim, he kept his hands down the whole fight. And what – and he couldn't – he had, like, Cruz came in, took the inside on him, and just basically – he just actually annihilated the guy. The poor guy was really in trouble. And he, he was trying. I give him that much. But he, he, he kept his hands too low the whole fight. He was trying to stay from a distance, but Cruz has got – like Mike said, he's like a pit bull. He is, man. Like he is a pit bull. Like this guy, and every shot is to knock you out. It's every and, shot. And you know, and and you know what? And, 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 and you know what? The never stops. But, but you know what? I can see where Cruz could be even, even more devastating. His basic oh, yeah. little... His basic little movement is just, I, I can see where he could do a little bit more and yeah. be more devastating. I'm saying, well, this dude tough. He keeps his hands up, but he just do just oh, a regular right, right attack. Yeah, he, he wins. Yeah, but there's much more you could do with that. That's what I was thinking a couple of weeks. I said, wow, he could be, he be, he could be getting guys out of there faster. He'd be keeping them hands up, but it's the way you maneuver and get in there with that. He wings his shots, so yeah. a guy like you, Tim, would be perfect to be in his corner and say to him, this is what you need to do. Yeah. Don't wing your shots. I know what I'm doing. Do this. You'll get more knockouts. And with But he can wing him. He got to set that wing up. He got to set. Grabbing, like holding. He was holding the whole fight, Cabrera. Yeah. After the he punch out. What, what I don't understand holding. about Cabrera and I guess this is the whole point we're all making. Yeah. But long arms, he's not using his yeah. reach, and he's walking towards the guy with his arms down. It's almost like he's daring the guy to beat yeah. the hell out of him. Yeah. yeah. If you come into a fight like this, Tim, you're pretty much finished, no? Yeah. You got to keep your hands up. That's why I'm saying about the training real quick. You, you got to – that defense is just as important as, as important as offense. I'm telling you. It's just as – just because a guy throw a lot of punches, bing, 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 he has to have some defense too. And if some some of the guys want it uh, with, with all offense, but they're damaged. Yeah. You could, yeah. they, well, they didn't have no defense. It's just, they got a little slight problem, I'm telling you. Well, Tim, not every fighter, as you know, is at, at your age, which is similar to my age, is as eloquent as you after having a boxing career. You yeah. know guys all over the world that can't speak as well as you do. And and that's testament to how the greatness of your defense and your skill. But as you say, a guy like Cabrera, you know, there's got to be a time when someone like you or someone else like Larry Holmes says, you know what, if you're not going to protect yourself, get another job. Yeah. There's no point in doing this because you don't have it and you're going to get hurt. 
Okay, I got one, oh, la- one, one last fight. Him, one last fight I want to touch on before like, we get out of here. That probably ruined that, that guy. Okay, we're coming up on that hour. I just want yeah. to talk about it. And I know it's because it wasn't on the weekend. There's not a lot of people talking about it. But, yo, the monster, Inui, Fulton, thoughts. Because, honestly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Honestly, the monster just came up. He came up that way and took what he wanted. And, you know, he's the real deal, man. I, so I, who, who's the who's the better pound for pound fighter, Crawford or Inouye? He's a very good Crawford. I think Crawford's the better pound for pound fighter. I I made the mistake. First of all, guys from Russell Peltz had a great comment. I love Russell, and I know I, I know Tim knows him well. He said, you know, Inouye's not the greatest fighter that ever lived, which people are saying now. They're saying that he's God. I think he's up there with Crawford as one of the best pound-for-pound fighters. And I think the knockout was decisive. So Fulton, who says, you know, I didn't fight my best, well, that's on you. But as Tim said the other week, he was nervous going to the ring. He was not in his element. And it's not easy fighting in another country. You know, everyone there is against you. So Fulton is a great, gifted fighter who was beaten by a better, gifted, great fighter that night. And there's yeah. no shame in that. A stronger fighter. He's yes. beaten by a stronger boxer too. He yeah. was stronger also. Yes, so that, makes, that makes him now. I believe. I believe what Inui is. What four is he? Four division now or three division champion? I think three. 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 Yeah. I think it's three. Yeah. Yeah, that's is something else I wanted to mention uh, while you're thinking about that, Mike. Uh, just a just a bit of a follow-up to a story we we had a couple of weeks ago about Devin Haney uh, who had been arrested uh, with a concealed wow weapon. yeah he, he was uh, he was being driven by his driver and uh, they were pulled over by the police in Las Vegas uh, the police found a concealed weapon under the seat uh, and because it was Devin Haney's car he got uh, arrested however as of today uh, due to insufficient evidence the police will not be uh, Devin Haney with that uh, felony. So okay. he'll, he'll be he'll be good he'll be good to fight Regis Progress and that'll, that'll be a good fight. Okay. Well getting That's back beautiful. getting back to the uh, Anui Anui yep. and Naoya. I did a I did a piece on him a couple years ago, eh Mike? But in the in a way, in a way. In a way, yeah, Anui, well, you know what I mean. Uh, okay. Pokohansky guy, eh, Graham? Yo, honestly, uh, you gotta look out for the whole family. The brother just captured one of his old belts, so. I'm just saying, yeah. hey, he's totally amazing. I'm not taking anything away from him. Crawford has been amazing this year, guys. Like, absolutely top, top of the heap, class. But again, people forget there's fighters out there, old fighters, hey, Tim, that, uh, and just to put it in perspective quickly, just. Salvador Sanchez, what'd you think about that poor guy? And what was he all about? He boxed his ass off. He boxed his ass off. Now, there's a fighter I'm talking about all time that unfortunately, uh, you know, had that accident and he's no longer with us. Rest in peace. But that guy had skill like crazy. So when I look at these guys, I remember the old fighters too. So, you know, well, it's funny they're, you they're say good. that. You know what it's I'm saying? It's funny you say that because when you say old fighters, I'm thinking of Joe Lewis and Jersey Joe Walcott right. and Jack Johnson. But Salvador Sanchez, when you look at the list of people he beat, he beat Azuma That's Nelson. Correct. Azuma Nelson is one of the greatest fighters ever to have lived. Ever I, I trained with him. I trained yeah. with him. And Wilfredo Gomez, oh, yeah. Gomez, who was beyond brilliant. 
That's and correct. To die at the competition was so hard, and he was above. Danny he was Little Red Lopez. Crowd. He beat Danny Little Red, and and you know, to die at twenty three, it was heartbreaking. I mean, not only to fight yeah. fans, but this is the guy. He had his whole life uh, in front of him, and he only had one loss in his whole career, and that was negligible. Right. And plus, he was a gentleman. Like he 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 was friends of everyone he fought. Like he said, I I have nothing bad to say about Gomez or or yeah. or Rocky Rocky Lockwich or, or or you know Juan Laporte. These are my friends. It's just business, mm -hmm. you know. But, but he yeah. was so skilled and so beautiful. I, I, I think I think guys potentially, if he had been able to you know uh, stay with us longer, he could have potentially been the greatest Mexican fighter of all time. Although we all know Chavez is it right, but. He I would think, be in the mix. I think he would have been the greatest featherweight ever to have lived. Pretty, yeah, you know what okay. I'm saying? That guy, that guy was amazing, really. So, uh, Anui, uh, Neoya, Anui, Nayua, Anui. Right, and these guys, I, I, I truly think they're absolutely amazing. But again, they're coming out of the, they're coming out of the Tekken gym in Japan, yeah. man. And they produced yeah, the no, that, that was amazing. They amazing. produced over 32 world champions so far. Yeah, Japan is really doing well with their boxing. You got to realize this guy's in his physical. His physical is in really good. He was much stronger physically than yes. than um than Fulton. Uh, Fulton. He was stronger. Fulton and, and, had and little. Fulton, he had Fulton's skills. The bigger guy. Fulton's the bigger guy naturally. Yeah, he's yeah. taller. Yeah, he's taller, yeah. but for in terms of muscles and power. Anyway, it was see, way powerful. When you, you when you see a guy like Inui, they call him the monster for a reason because he's got that knockout. He's got that knockout power, you know, pipsqueak size. Yeah, like you just, know, he reminds me of a lot. Who and, and Tim would know him, Sandy Sadler, former featherweight champ. I'm not who, that old. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I heard Sandy. Sandy Sadler. Sandy Sadler. Okay. Was a featherweight, one twenty-five. He beat guys up to one forty. Yeah, yep. He kept three times. Yep. The old timers used to tell, tell me about him. The old timers used to tell me about him. I used to listen to all the old stories. He was like Crawford in a sense too. Crawford's a mean fighter at times, and yeah. and and Sadler was a mean fighter. He would punish guys before knocking them out if they mouthed off to him. So you know, Craw Crawford's mom used to pay the children to try and beat up her son. Yeah. <laughs> like, Craw yo, Crawford's, been fighting, Crawford's been fighting since he could walk, man. His mom would be like, don't come home if you and lose. No one believed in him. Yeah. No one gave him credit. Everyone looked at him as a joke yeah. because he was from Iowa. No one gave him credit in the amateurs or in the pros. This is a guy that got shot in the head and drove himself to the hospital. Yeah. This is a guy that's way smarter than people realize he's up to george foreman's level of smart it's a guy who's close one of his closest friends is warren buffett the multi-billionaire he, he broke he broke his hand and then wasn't allowed to come to the gym for six weeks and said screw that i'm gonna learn how to box left-handed yeah, yeah that's how he did that yeah like what do, you mean oh. I got, what do you mean I got to take six weeks off i gotta take six weeks off because i broke this one well that's cool because yeah, i'll just learn the other way work. That's right. Right. Like I said at the press conference the night before, he said to, to Spence, I like, I genuinely like you and I respect you. I think you're a great fighter, but you're in for a terrible beating. Yeah. I just want you to know that. And it's not personal. And he meant it. He knew what he was talking about. That's it. Certainly That's did. it. Okay.
We, we, we got to go out, guys. All right, guys. Okay, gentlemen. It was a slice. It was a blast. Always fun. Champ, you know I love you much. Lou, it's always a pleasure. I love you, too. Love you guys. You know what it is. I love you guys. To my fans out there, tune in to all the viewers watching right now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of this Friday Night Panel with yours truly, Mike Orr, Grumpy Graham, Terrible Tim Witherspoon, Lou from Lou 2, and our man Neil The Deal. You know what it is, man. We'll see you next week. Same time, same channel, new topics. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Later, Thanks, guys. Thanks, Lou. Later. Okay. You know what? Um, I was going to say.